Welcome to the latest episode of Schneps Connects. I have to say I'm a little intimidated because this is the first comedian I've ever had on the show. And I want to welcome Tori Piskin, who's here to talk about the New York Comedy Festival, which is coming November 7th through the 13th. It's its 18th year in New York City. The seven-day festival features more than 200 comedians to perform in more than 100 shows at prestigious venues such as the Beacon Theater, Caroline's on Broadway, Madison Square Garden, and Town Hall, and throughout the five boroughs. And even now, it's expanding to include UBS Arena at Belmont Park. Uh, the New York Comedy Festival is produced by Caroline's on Broadway and created by visionary and innovator in the entertainment industry, Caroline Hirsch. The 22 headliners include great performers such as Tracy Morgan, Conan O'Brien, Wanda Sykes, and many, many more. Tori, who's with us, is an actor, a stand-up comedian, and writer. She's been a regular at Caroline's on Broadway, New York Comedy Club, and The Improv. She's been featured alongside Paulie Shore, Judy Gold, and Michael Costa. As a content creator, she is growing a big social media following, and she recently released a Man on the Street series, Asking Gen Z Mid-2000s Pop Culture Trivia, which has over a million views between TikTok and Instagram. Tori also has had her theatrical debut in A Nice Girl Like You, opposite Lucy Hale. She has a successful podcast with her mom, I work with my mom, that is on the top 50 comedy iTunes charts, Got It From My Mama. And it has been featured on The Late Late Show with James Corden and PIX11. So Tori, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Yes, thanks so much for having me. So I guess the first thing is a little bit about yourself, if you don't mind just sharing, you know, where you grew up and what got you into comedy in the first place. Yeah, so I grew up in New York City, although I had a stint in Long Island, which, you know, isn't as cool as saying New York City. But uh, yeah, I moved to the city when I was about eight with my family, wasn't alone. And yeah, I got into comedy I think always at a young age, you know, my mom was a fitness instructor and like a choreographer for figure skaters. So she always had, when I lived in Long Island, people in her basement and that basement kind of gave me like my own stage. And I was just always performing there and like, you know, taking my dad's old camera, making these videos. I was like the original YouTuber before like it really existed. I love it. Yeah. And then I went to college at Emerson and I kind of discovered like stand up and storytelling. And then after school, I ended up getting, unfortunately, Lyme disease. But that kind of, again, like made me discover my love for video because I couldn't really do stand up at that point because I was bedridden. So I kind of taught myself like video editing. And then once I got better, I kind of delved like right into the stand up scene in New York. I feel like comedians are always known for like eccentric personalities. Obviously, you have to have a great personality to get up on a stage in front of a whole group of people and just really work the crowd and make them laugh and interact with them. But what would you say is kind of like your personality trait? Like, are you the kind that gets nervous before you get up on stage or does it come naturally to you? I would say, you know, being funny comes naturally to me. I've always made people laugh. And I also grew up with dyslexia. So that was being funny was kind of like my outlet, mm. especially like, you know, connecting with people like, oh, I'll just be funny. So they don't like make fun of me. And that always seemed to really work with me. And I would say, yeah, I was never really nervous getting up on stage. I have fears of very irrational things. Like I hate elevators. <laughs> I got stuck once and I won't, I like refuse to go in one alone. 
but being in front of like hundreds of people performing with just a microphone and telling like my jokes doesn't scare me, but going on the LA highway scares me. So, you know, there definitely you a comic, own, not right? the most normal person. <laughs> So talk a little bit about the New York Comedy Festival. It's a huge festival, a lot of performances, a lot of great acts. You're performing in it. Share a little bit more in terms of what people should expect or why they should come out. Yeah, so the festival takes place in New York City. It's over a few days. And I think what, you know, I'm going to be in the festival, my show, we can talk about it. But I think what's great about the festival is that it really showcases different comics, whether they're, you know, like touring arenas or a comics who's kind of just like up and coming and they have like a small little social media following and, you know, they're putting on their first show. So you can really see like stars or you can see like rising stars. And I think that's what kind of makes it so fun. And this world too, where, you know, you have to like make your own opportunities. This is a great festival to kind of, you know, put on your own show really. So talk a little bit about yourself. What could people expect as far as what you're going to do at the comedy festival? So my show is really about my upbringing. Like I said, I grew up with dyslexia and also my sister was a um, ballerina in the New York City Ballet. Wow. So there's a lot of like jealousy there, you know, and then um, <laughs> dealing with dyslexia. And I talk about how I went to like a school for people with dyslexia. And like, you know, one thing I say, I'm like, I don't mean to brag, but I was the hottest girl at the learning disabled school. There you go. You know, I got all these love notes. It's great. I couldn't read any of them, but it was <laughs> fabulous. See, that I'm ex- me laughing and not even trying. I love it. Yeah. And I'm excited because, you know, I'm telling, you know, stories that I haven't really developed until I was like, oh, I have a reason to. You know, at my school once we had James Gandolfini come in. Mm-hmm. Do you know him from The Sopranos? Yeah, of course. So, you know, he was like, I think this was like 2007, like a year after he stopped The Sopranos. And, you know, everyone was like, this is exciting. This is like a big celebrity coming. And he came to talk about being dyslexic because, you know, he was dyslexic and he wanted to like motivate us. The whole point was to motivate us to do well in school. All right. Well, he gets up on stage in the auditorium, a room full of like 200 students. And he's like, you know, I tried to go to school. I went to Rutgers, but I failed. But then once I found acting, I realized, eh, you don't really need school. (laughs) And we all just went, yes. I mean, he told us. And then I said, like, he looked up like he shot the wrong person in Sopranos and went like, oh, shit. Wow. It was just it was truly the best moment of my high school. That's so funny. Well, maybe he knew how to win over a crowd. He knew his audience. He really knew his audience. He was like, these kids hate school. So, you know, I'll tell them what they want to hear. So talk to me about besides yourself, of course, who are some of your favorite comics that are going to be performing over the week of the festival? Well, you know, we have a lot of like big comics like Wanda Sykes. I'm really excited about her. I also love this comic, Jessica Kearson. She's been doing it like 20 years. She's always at the cellar. I find her very funny. There's so many people. We have Pauly Shore. We have Jenny Slate, Conan O'Brien is going to have a show called Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. So there's a lot of really good shows to see. So I know that you are regular at Caroline's on Broadway. And I have to imagine, like, as a professional comic, it had to have been tough during the pandemic because, 
you know, all these venues were closed and people weren't coming out. I mean, how did you handle the pandemic as far as like a career in, in comedy? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people started doing like Zoom comedy, which was, you know, stand up comedy over Zoom, which is, you know, you're sitting down in your chair without pants on. So I don't know how much <laughs> similar it is to being on stage. And it was definitely, you know, I did a few, but after it, it's like, you don't get, you know, the same reaction. There's like a delay. You hear like a baby cry in the background because someone's right. watching it while they're nursing. You know, it's not the most ideal situation, but I think a lot of comics then took to social media to have their outlet of doing comedy. Yeah. What is like the holy grail of comedy clubs for you in terms of like that stage that you always wanted to be on when you first like really got on the mainstream? Yeah, I mean, I think Caroline's on Broadway was really one because when I first started, I went to go see a show there. I think I'd like done a few mics and I just was like, wow, this is so cool performing you know, seeing people perform at this club, I just didn't understand how they get to perform on this stage. And then it was funny, a few years later, once I got into the club, you know, I kind of had to tell myself, because, you know, you're in the grind of stand up, and then you forget of the, the things that you've always kind of dreamed of. So once I got to perform, I was like, you know what, like, take a moment, this is something that you kind of didn't even know how you can be up on stage. And now you're getting to perform, you know, like multiple times a week there. I love it. I love it. Talk to me about your use of social media. You're growing a big following. I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, the the asking Gen Z mid 2000s pop culture trivia. Tell me about that. Yeah. So during the pandemic, I think, like I said, most comics, we all went to like social media to, you know, a comedy outlet. And I started making these series about like a man on the street asking people questions. I was asking Gen Z or questions that like every millennial would know. My favorite one, a millennial, even like, you know, boomer generation would know this. I showed a picture of Madonna and these two kids that were like 17 had no idea who she was. Oh my and God. then I started singing like a virgin and they still were like, I don't know who you're talking about. Wow. Does that mean that we're old or that they're very young? I don't know. Maybe it's both. I think it's a little bit of both. It was honestly like, oh, like a shock. Like, oh, amazing. Yeah. So where were you distributing it? Was it a lot on TikTok, Instagram, everything? Yeah, it was all over. It was on TikTok and Instagram. And, you know, people like love nostalgia. And I think it was kind of people were just freaked out how you know so many young people don't know all the stuff that like we kind of grew up with totally how often are you putting out a new episode I do one like sporadically like once every month I'm starting to do a little more of like character driven videos Love it. so talk about the podcast that you're doing with your mom is it actually with your mom yeah it's actually with my mom <laughs> and we've been doing it almost three years now And it started because I went through a really bad breakup and my mom was just saying the funniest things about the breakup and my ex. And she was the only one that was really making me feel better about it because it ended kind of bad blindsiding on my terms, let's just say. And, you know, I think that person's always the more upset person when you don't see it coming. And so as I was going on a lot of dates and going on the apps, I would tell my mom stories and she, you know, she was just so funny because she's like from New York and she's Jewish. And I just was like, let's start a podcast together. 
and it's kind of evolved into, although we don't talk about dating so much anymore. Now she talks about, you know, her life and, you know, how she's like a grandmother and she talks about her favorite TV shows and, you know, just living in New York City. I say it's kind of like, and then we talk about my sister. I say it's kind of like a version of like the Kardashians, but like more relatable. It's amazing. First of all, having a comic go out on dates and talk about it has to be amazing material. I'll never forget one story I told my mom. I met this, or I never met up with him. It was a guy in an app and we were talking and he was telling me he wanted to go. He's like, let's go to Krispy Kremes. And this was in New York City. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I didn't know there was a Krispy Kremes in New York. And he's like, oh yeah, it's on 42nd Street. And then I was like, oh wait, that's like in Penn Station. And then I asked my friend and she was like, no, that's more like a kiosk. She's like, I've been there. <laughs> and then he was like, let's go on a Wednesday. And I said, I can. He goes, oh, we got to go on a Wednesday. And then I said, why? He was like, oh, because they give out free donuts on Wednesday. Oh, my God. So but then I took that as and I said to my mom, I go, maybe he's a prince and he's testing me to see if, you know, like I'm a girl mm-hmm. that's willing to go on a free Krispy Kreme date. And my mom was like, you're nuts. You're nuts. What are you talking about? Like this? No, don't go out with this guy. <laughs> that, was was pro- like, that was probably good advice. <laughs> yeah, I didn't go. Sometimes I need her advice. I mean, my biggest question would be if guys get intimidated, you know, dating a comic. Yeah, I think they do. You know, I had a one time a guy on a date tell me like, he was like, so do you talk about people? Like, do you point to them? And I was like, yeah. So you talk about like you point to them in the audience. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, what do you say? Like, hey, you with the big nose. And I was like, no, but that's clearly like your insecurity at the moment. You know, <laughs> I think people find it interesting. And I think some guys like really wanted to be talked about, wanted to be talked about on stage. And then other guys were very private. So it was definitely an interesting situation. Well, something tells me you definitely put on a fun and uh, creative performance. So that that sounds amazing. Is the whole schedule available online now where people can, you know, see who's performing where and buy tickets? Yeah, so they can buy tickets at NewYorkComedyFestival.com. And then you can also follow them on social media, on Instagram and Facebook. And they can get tickets to the shows and see all the lineups. Well, I personally love live performances, especially comedy. And, you know, I hope I hope it's a a great series for you and everybody else involved. Yeah, I think it's going to be really fun. And I think, you know, it's also since we're like a little out of the I don't want to say I don't think we're ever going to be out of the full pandemic, but it's you know, things are really coming back. And I think this is kind of like a fun way to like celebrate live performance again. Totally. It's like a relaunch of the festival. It's been around for, for a while. Right. Well, thank you, Tori, for being on the show and sharing a little bit about yourself and, and the New York Comedy Festival coming up. Yes, of course. And maybe I'll see you there. I hope so. Make sure to subscribe to Schneps Connects wherever you get your podcasts or stream us online at podcast.schnepsmedia.com.